Hey guys, and welcome to the Achieve the Impossible podcast. My name is Peter Bone, and I am the creator of Achieve the Impossible, an online community of over a million people on Instagram who are dedicated to achieving their impossible dream. For our first guest on the Achieve the Impossible podcast, I knew that I wanted to bring in someone who would set the standards so high so that each and every single one of you listening, whether it's in the car, the gym, no matter where, it can inspire you to achieve your impossible dreams. And now this guy here, he is an international keynote speaker. He did a video last year. That one video alone about the story of his life has reached over 40 million views in just one video. This guy travels the world sharing his life story. And I know you are going to get so much insight out of this. Just a quick word of warning. Get some tissues ready, uh, especially towards the end of this interview because it does tug on the old heartstrings. Be ready to be inspired to achieve the impossible. Michael, welcome to the Achieve the Impossible podcast. Thank you, mate. Powerful introduction, and I feel that you've pumped the tires up way too much there, mate, so I hope, uh, hope I can live, uh, live up to the expectations. Well, you pumped my tires up, mate, so I reckon that, um, you know, by the way, if you couldn't tell, we're both Australian. I'm a hybrid of Kiwi Australian. Um, so for anyone listening in a, in a part of the world that is not Australia or New Zealand, you will need to forgive our accents and learn very quickly how to uh, listen to a couple of Aussies having a chat. Um, so Michael, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I, I, I'm very, very fortunate to live the life that I get to live. I, last year I was on 157 flights. I, uh, spoke in 22 different countries and, and feel very, very fortunate to travel the world and share my story. Um, but you know, I, I'm not like many other speakers um, on on the speaking circuit. I, I'm not a TV star. I'm not a professional athlete. I'm not a celebrity, and I'm certainly not a hero. I'm just an ordinary old Australian that's faced my fair share of challenges and adversities. And and uh, one thing that I always remember that my mum taught me at such a young age was that it's not the amount of times you get knocked down in life that determines the quality of life that you get to live. It's about how many times you get back up. And my journey began at a very young age. I was 11 months old. I went to the doctors with my mum and my sister. She had an ear infection and, and I'm much more of a hugger. I don't really do the handshake <laughs> thing. And I give the doctor a big hug as I'm leaving the room and his knee brushes my stomach and he thinks that doesn't feel right. I'm taken to Coffs Harbour Hospital and then I'm airlifted to Sydney Hospital and the following morning I was diagnosed with an incurable cancer of the central nervous system called neuroblastoma stage 4. The doctor said no chance of survival, take your little boy home and allow him to live the next few months with his family. But like everybody listening and yourself mate, we, we all have choices and the choices that we make each and every day can help reshape, remould and, and redefine our future and my mum just asked one simple question and that was, I don't want to know what the chances are of my son dying. I just want to know what the chances are of my son surviving. And, wow. Uh, the, doctor, the doctor's response was, was something that um, could have deterred and, and scared a lot of people. And his response was, your son has a 96% death rate, just go home. But I was, wow. um, I was very lucky that my mum chose to look at my life not being 96% empty, but she chose to look at my life being 4% full. And, you know, I reflect on the life that we all live now. And so often we look at the glass or the jar, the bottle, the beer, whatever it might be, being half empty as opposed to half full. And I'm just so blessed every day that, that my mum chose to look at my life being 
not 96% empty, but but looking at my life, 4% full. And obviously the treatment was a was an incredibly long journey. We had chemotherapy nine days on, three days off wow. for nearly three years until eventually the doctor came in and said uh, the tumors built up a resistance to the treatment. It's taken over half your son's body. Uh, we had to go into surgery and, and unfortunately after the surgery they came out and and they said to my mum that uh, there's there's absolutely nothing that they can do to to take me home and and allow me to live you know uh, uh, a quiet but very short life with my family back back in the country and um, the very next day, however, there was an American doctor he was trialing a test drug and he was going to trial it on twenty five patients around the world and uh, they'd already had twenty four candidates all of the twenty five candidates um, needed to be terminally ill and uh, this drug had never been used on humans before only on animals so they had no idea what the side effects would be and they asked whether we wanted to be number 25 and you know I, I truly believe that outside of love hope is one of the most powerful words in the English dictionary if wow. if you can instill hope into somebody's life you can instill courage determination passion you know it's it's amazing what you can achieve with with just a little bit of hope and we obviously said yes to the to the uh, being number 25 and um, within 24 hours of starting this drug with 24 other kids, um, we were all transferred immediately to the burns unit. Uh, the, the after effects of this drug were so bad that we were completely covered from head to toe in blisters. Uh, what they would do is they would wrap us up in bandages and they would lie us in baths full of ice trying to prevent our brains from frying. Um, but that story gets even worse. Uh, the the treatment started to impact not only our external skin but also our internal organs. Um, I lost one of my lungs, my liver and my kidney were destroyed. But um, I was certainly one of the lucky ones because out of the 24 or out of the 25 that were on that drug, um, all 24 of the kids passed away and I was uh, I was the only survivor. And, and I say, you know, with such sincerity that I'm one of the lucky ones, not because I'm still alive, but Pete, I really mean it when I say I'm one of the lucky ones because I wasn't my mum. Wow. My mum sat next to that bed and had to had to burn her little boy every day with a drug that has killed every person that had ever taken it. And you know, I reflect back on our lives now and and the world that we all live in, and we complain about such trivial things day in day out. We complain because it's too hot, it's too cold, but Petrol mm-hmm. tanks on low, you know, we're stuck in traffic, the boss is riding us, you know, we, we're not where we want to be financially, emotionally, yet, you know, we're we're all in a place in our life where we're filled with one thing that we all take for granted so often and that's our freedom. And, you know, I think it's so sad that we wait until it's too late before we decide to change, before we before we realize we need to start to count our blessings and not our problems. And, you know, that was one thing that my mom instilled in me at such a young age is that it's not the adversity in your life that defines you, it's how you deal with it. And, and, and she, she instilled such optimism and resilience and courage and determination. And, and she told me one day in hospital, she said, son, you need to have a dream because without a dream, you don't have a purpose. And I told her one day my dream was to be normal. That was it. I just, I wanted to, I wanted to go to school. I wanted to make friends just as important. I, I, I just really wanted to go home. And she said, that dream's not big enough, son. You need to have a you need to have a bigger dream, and um, she said without 
stretching yourself, you're never going to grow. And if you don't grow, wow. you're never going to be challenged. And if you're never going to be challenged, then you're just going to get complacent. And, and that's when we all become complacent, when we don't have a goal, when we don't have a vision, when we don't have a dream. And so, so my big dream was to, uh, was to one day play baseball in America. And uh, people laughed at my dreams. They told me that it was never going to happen. Um, I remember when I was finally allowed to leave the hospital um, after many, many years, the doctor said, um, carry your son. He will never go to school. He will never play sport. He'll be a housebound baby. And if he reaches his teenage years, it'll be a miracle. And wow. uh, my mum come through the curtains and I made out I didn't hear what the doctor said. And I said, what did the doctor say? And she said, oh, the doctors told me that, that everything was going to be okay. Wow. So she carried the fear and the burden of her son dying because she wanted me to lead a normal life. And, and as you know, I was, I was fortunate enough to, to get to lead a relatively normal life. You know, my mum my let me go to school. My, my time at school was probably worse than my time in hospital because there wasn't one day in hospital that I got picked on. There probably wow. wasn't one day at school where I, where I didn't get picked on. But, you know, I, I learned very quickly that, um, that what doesn't kill you only makes you stronger and it. And it made me so determined not to prove other people wrong, but more importantly, to prove myself right. And I think that wow. so often in the world that we live in, we, we strive to just prove other people wrong. We, yes. but, but then once we achieve it, then we haven't really given ourselves the joy and the, and, the, and the excitement of achieving something that we've set for ourselves. We're setting something up just to make other people look bad. And yes. you, know, that, that's, you know, that's not the way I think we should, we should, we should look at our lives. And you know, I was very fortunate enough to, to be able to play the game that I loved. I, I got very good at it. Uh, unfortunately, at the age of 12, I suffered my first major heart attack. And, and that, was, that was a really, that was a shot in the side. And, and I remember the doctor said to my mum that, you know, my, my heart was so badly damaged that I'd never be able to play sport again. And she came through wow. the curtains and I said, what did the doctor say? And she <laughs> said, oh, the doctors told me that everything was going to be okay. And, you know, I, I, I share with you and all the listeners that you know, no one in your life is ever going to tell you what you can do. They'll only ever tell you what you can't do. Wow. But the greatest thing about life is that it's our choice how we choose or whether we choose to listen and how we respond and how we react to that situation. And, and I, uh, I certainly was determined to, uh, to achieve my dreams and, I was lucky enough at the age of 15 to, to make the under-16 Australian Expos baseball team. I, I got a chance to fly to America. I got a chance to achieve my dreams. I, at 17, I was lucky enough to, to grab a scholarship to live in America and play baseball, 100-plus wow. games a year, 25,000 people at our games. It was, it was <laughs> remarkable. But, but as I said earlier, um, sometimes we wait until it's too late before we decide to change. And life is certainly like a roller coaster. Our, our lives, our world, everything can change with just one phone call, one mm. bad decision, one bad choice. And, you know, we wait until we're diagnosed with lung cancer before we stop smoking. We wait until yeah. we're diagnosed with diabetes before we change our diet or we, or we wait until we lose someone that we love before we tell them that we love them. And I slid into a base in Arizona, woke up three days later and, and my, my heart couldn't cope. My health couldn't maintain that level of exertion and uh, my, my career was over. And wow. I came back to Australia and did a TV show on Australian Story and was lucky enough to get a, a, a pretty pretty cool gig in the banking industry and worked my way up into a senior executive role at a very young age. I had 600 staff and uh, 120 banks around Australia and New Zealand and wow. realized that I just needed to fail fast, fail forward and fail often. Yeah. I needed to just strive to educate other people so they had my skills. But 
But one thing that was the greatest lesson for me was that I was driven by the three P's that destroy people. And I'm sure that you agree. Uh, I was driven by power, privileges, and possessions. Yeah, wow. And, um, I had to live in the million-dollar house. I had to drive the fancy sports cars and the Rolexes. And, but I achieved all that. And, and the one thing that was missing was the one thing that I think true success is, and that's, um, that's happiness. I was, I was so far away from being happy, and, and uh, my ego and arrogance was consuming my life. And then finally I, I hit rock bottom. In 2010, I got bacterial meningitis. I got fluid on the brain. I had Bell's palsy. I had to learn to walk again and talk again. And I remember my wife, she would come in every night and she would say in hospital, I love you and I'll see you in the morning. And I would, I would always respond with the exact same saying. I would say, I love you and goodbye because Whoa. every night I would lie in bed and I'd pray to God that I wouldn't wake up. I just, I was as low as I'd ever been. I, I didn't want to fight anymore. And I thought to myself over and over again, how does one man need to get continually kicked before you give me a chance at leading a normal life? Yeah. But every day I was in hospital, I got greater clarity and understanding what was important. And, and I realized that all I needed to do was master two things and my whole world had changed. I had to master what success was, which I understand what it is now. Success to me is about getting out of bed every single day and knowing in my heart that I can make a difference in somebody else's life. Wow. That's it. That's, that's what success to me is. And, and the other thing that I really needed to understand and master was this whole gift of giving peace because I thought for so long the saying was the more you give, the more you shall receive. Yeah. But I realized that saying should be the more you give expecting nothing in return, the more you shall receive. And I think that in the world we live in, we, we need to live by the philosophy that we need to give without remembering and receive without forgetting. Wow. But I think so often it's the opposite, right? You hear it all the time, hey, grab me a coffee and I'll grab you one tomorrow. Yeah. But can you imagine if, if you heard someone say to you today whilst you're at work or leaving the gym or in your car, wherever you might be, hey, can you grab me a coffee and I'll buy someone else a coffee tomorrow? Wow. Your reaction to that yep. request would significantly change because you realize that you're not going to get the favor return based on your giving. And I, uh, that's, that's when I really you know, committed my life to giving back and serving other people and, and making an impact. And I had a goal and a dream to, to make a global impact. And, and people laughed at me and told me that I was crazy to, to walk away from a corporate career and, and strive to, to make a really large impact. And, and that's, when I, uh, that's when I opened a, a school over in Haiti after the earthquake hit in 2010, killed 316,000 people. And Left two and a half million people homeless, and I was I was lucky enough to go over there with a group of friends, and and we rebuilt a school for 120 little kids in a remote village called Bouvier. Wow. And we found out these kids they were walking three hours of a morning and three hours of an afternoon, and and uh, we we found out sadly that many of the young girls uh, on their way home from school were being raped. Wow. So we, uh, we decided to build a school up in this mountain so these kids didn't need to go through that horrific uh, impact. And they'd continually do it because they knew the only way they could break the cycle was to get an education. And I just think that's phenomenal strength and tenacity and optimism and, and courage. And I, I love that saying that people would do anything to have your bad day. Wow. <laughs> There are people in the world that would do anything to have the worst day you've ever had in your life because your worst day is better than their best day. Wow. And uh, that, really, uh, that really changed a lot for me, mate. And then when we came down the mountain, as I was speaking to you before, um, 
we were told that we would never be able to have kids and and uh we we walked past this little village and there was 25 kids in there half of them had no clothes on and uh it was a it was the most horrific run down um horrible orphanage you've ever seen and I started chatting to this one little boy and I said, what's the best part about living here in the orphanage? And he said, the best part is I get a bowl of rice every second day. He said, when my mum, dad and both my brothers died, I lived on the streets for nearly four months and um, the only food I would get would be out of garbage bins. Wow. And I said, that, that's amazing. I said, well, what's the most challenging? And he said, oh, the most challenging part is of a night time because that's when my family were all taken in the earthquake and where I sleep I have to share a bed. Um, with two little boys and when it rains I get soaking wet he said but it doesn't really matter whether it rains or not because both the little boys still pee their pants and I get soaking wet wow yeah so I, I couldn't believe it so we came back to Australia we started our own charity called Frontier Projects where every cent gets sent there were so many charities that we tried to align with where they just took so much 10 percent 20 percent 60 percent we just wow. I just couldn't I couldn't relate to it. So I, I um yeah, we started our own charity and we went back and we rebuilt the orphanage from the ground up and wow. Now we have uh we have a hundred uh, two hundred and seventy kids at our school and forty one children at our orphanage and you know that that is something that I'm, you know, incredibly proud to to be able to leave a legacy and and, and create an impact that is gonna last, you know, far greater than what I could give. And what's phenomenal is that, you know, you do something in your life to make an impact on someone else's life who will never be able to return the favor but That's exactly it. the impact that but the impact that these kids have had on my life is is something that I could I could never return they they've taught me far more than what I could I could ever teach those kids wow and exactly like you were saying before I love that line give without expecting receive without forgetting that that mm. is so so powerful and I think that is the definition of generosity as well giving without expecting yeah. something in return. But then going to Haiti where, you know, these children are living what we would say from our perspective, horrible, horrible lives. And the fact that they are actually teaching you things, you're providing mm. so many things for them. You're providing them a beautiful quality of life, which many of them will sadly, you know, not get a chance to experience outside of your orphanage. But it is, it's it's that perspective shift where, yes, I'm giving to these guys without expecting anything in return, but what you're actually receiving in and itself far surpasses anything that you would expect to get. And I think that is so, so powerful. That's that's huge, Michael. That's insane. Thank you, mate. Now, I, I really love the the saying – when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change because yes. to me, these kids had nothing, right? They had no families, no education, no food, no laptop, no iPhone, no nothing. And they woke up this morning and they thought they had everything. And the reason why they thought they had everything is because they woke up this morning. Wow. And I think, can you imagine if that was the way you looked yeah. at your life? Every single day you thought you could overcome any challenge, any struggle, any bit of pain, yes. any bit of suffering yeah. that you might be enduring. Why? Because you had the innate blessing of simply waking up this morning, it would be it would be a remarkable life. And I think that people that live in the world that we all live in, they're actually just, they're existing. Whereas these kids wake up every day and they're living because they know wow. that today is a bonus, a blessing and a privilege. Wow. If you've got breath in your lungs, 
and a dream in your heart, you're here for a reason and you're here for a purpose. That imagine if yeah, exactly right. If we did wake up and it and it can sound so cliche, but imagine if we did wake up and go boom. Our first thought, what a blessing that God's given me another day to breathe and live life on this earth and to see that as a blessing. And that doesn't come from, right, let's look at my bank account. Let's look at my followers. Let's look at this. Let's look at this. Let's look at my relationships. Is it worth me thinking life's a blessing? The fact that these kids say, I just breathed, right, life is a blessing. And starting from that point, I think untaps so much gratitude in life that does change the way you see everything. Yeah, I I totally agree. And I think that so many of us, our lives are so very similar, but Mm. what sets us apart is how we respond to a problem, how we, how we find our solution and how we implement that solution. That, that is, you know, that's really what sets us apart. And, And there was a point you said earlier on in the story about not proving others wrong. I absolutely love that because I think so many of us, and everyone's seen this quote on Instagram, I think it was Frank Sinatra or someone who said it, like, you know, the best um, revenge is massive success. If you're doing things out of a spirit of revenge and oh, I'm going to prove this person wrong, I'm going to teach this person, I'm going to do this, I, I I doubt that we could do it out of a place of pure intentions, out of a spirit of generosity, out of a want to to improve other people's lives, where you're really just trying to prove other people wrong. I think we've got to prove mm. our own disbelief and our own fears wrong and, and really just feed our faith over those fears. And so I love the fact that you're saying, let's not do things to prove other people wrong. Let's do things to prove ourselves right. Because I think each and every single one of us deep down has that glimpse of what is truly, truly possible. They've got something in their heart, just that little flame that's flickering away and and, and the stresses and the anxieties and the, the pressures of day-to-day life can come and douse that flame. But beneath everything, there's that tiny glowing ember that says, what if? What if I pursued my dream? What would be possible if I did this? And for your mum, I'm thinking back decades when you were a young boy, your mum had, what, what do you think it was that made your mum go, right, we are going to persist through this. We're going to see this through. I can't imagine exactly like you say, you're the lucky one because you didn't have to make that decision from your mum to give her child a drug that's killed everyone who's taken it within that test. Yeah. What, what do you think got your mum through that? I, I, I think just to touch back on your yeah. previous conversation, I, I, I don't think that we can't, uh, harness what other people tell us yeah. we can't do um, to prove them wrong. I think I think that can be our motivation. That that might yeah. be the kick, but that can't be the end result. You know, I I love the saying, "Tell me what I can't do, and I'll show me." Wow, that's that a difference. Showing me versus you know, showing someone else. Exactly. So I think that's been that's been really important for me. And you know, people tell me what I can't do all the time, and it makes me work really hard to show me that I can. And that that's that's fine because that gives me the kick and the wow. motivation I need. But reflecting back on Mum, you know, she she is a lady with unbelievable optimism and resilience, and she's instilled that in me at a at a very very young age. She's a she's a phenomenal human being who um, you know who who never gave up on her dying son. 
and never quit so much so that she instilled such belief and faith within my heart that gave me the courage and the strength to never quit. And, you know, to be able to to give back to her in 2016 was, you know, was one of the most challenging yet one of the most rewarding years of my life. Um, 2016 was unfortunately a time where my health deteriorated rapidly and uh, sadly they found four more tumours in my throat. They told me that, you know, I needed to slow everything down and my tomorrows weren't guaranteed and and that was was, was really horrible. You know, I remember saying back to the doctors, that's one thing that we all have in common. No one's one's guaranteed tomorrow and I remember getting in the car, driving back home and my mum called me and she said, "Hey, what did the what did the doctors say?" And it was the first time in you know in 32 years that I was in a position to be able to pay it back a little. And and I told her exactly what she told me all those years ago. And and I told her that everything was going to be okay. And as a 32 year old man, I had to um, I had to plan my own funeral. And wow. and I I did a video message to say goodbye to my family. And um, I I actually wrote a book. Um, that was going to be used to as a legacy um, to take care of my wife after I was gone, and we postponed surgery much to the um, reluctancy of the the doctors. Um, but now we uh, we got through that surgery. They removed three out of the four tumors, and and we now donate all the profits, every cent of the profits from the sales of my books uh, to charity. And now, fortunately enough, it's a bestseller in six wow. countries around the world, and it's got a it's got a very uh, yeah, dubious title of uh, kids don't get. Kids, Kids don't, don't get cancer because we were told as a as a child that um, you were diagnosed, and Mum said, "No, that can't be right." Kids don't wow. get cancer, and then Mum told Dad, and Dad told my grandparents, and so on and so forth, and the line continued that, "Oh no, that can't be right. Kids don't get cancer." So my Mum said to me when we finally got home from hospital, "One day you're going to write a book after you've made an impact on the world, and it's going to be called Kids Don't Get Cancer." And there you go. Twenty six years later, I uh, I wrote that book and. Um, now it's um, yeah now it's gone crazy. But what also made that year um, phenomenal yet challenging was um, in 2007 my mum and dad separated and it was it was wow. a horrible time. Um, I'd never seen my mum so low and so depressed. And um, I was finally in a position to give back to my mum. She was uh, she was living in a trailer and and struggling to make ends meet. Um, I had so much debt in Sydney trying to make myself look bigger than mm. what I really was that I couldn't take care of her through those challenging times. But in 2012, I finally got a chance to put a pink ribbon on a brand new door to a wow. brand new home for my beautiful mum. And to give back to her was, was without a doubt one of the coolest days of my life. And it, and it's so, so true the saying that it feels far greater to give than to receive. And that day for me was without a doubt one of the greatest days of wow. my life. That is actually one of my dreams as well to um to buy mum a house, and I've I've made it public. Like people know about it. I've told mum uh, myself. I'm like, mum, I'm going to get your house. We're going to get that house. And I think that dream, having a dream yeah. that is bigger than yourself, a dream that is centered on generosity, is just one of the most powerful untapped resources that we have in our life. So did that. Can I just talk about that that dream to buy your mum a house? Because personally, for me, this is this is perfect. I'm going to get stuff. I'm just taking notes now um, out of this. And if anyone else out there listening wants to buy their mum or their dad a house, take some notes. Um, what what fueled that dream? What did you grasp onto? What did you hold on to? 
and how what what needed to change within your own life to like you say go through you know a life in debt trying to pretend to and show people you're someone you know you said that you're not what needed to change uh, in mm-hmm. order for that was there a perspective shift or yeah first thing i needed to do is let go of ego that was a huge thing to let go of focusing on what other people's opinions are of me was a massive shift for my ability to be able to succeed because so often we do things to try and make other yeah. people think that we're greater than what we really are but at the end of the day it's all about how we perceive ourselves and who we are when we look at ourselves in the mirror if we can lie in bed of a night time and be proud of the person that we've become and yes. we're the best versions of ourselves then that's when I think we start to get clarity in what's truly important in life and in 2007, when my mum got a very small amount after the settlement of her, of uh, the house and dad's separation and all that sort of stuff, yeah. I was the big banker or so I thought and I invested all of my mum's money and that was about no six weeks way. before the GFC hit. I, um, At that point in my life, I, I truly I failed as a man. I, I failed as a son. I, f- I failed as a friend and and I failed my mum. I failed the one person that sacrificed so much of her life for me. And it's amazing when you when you experience mm. true pain and 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 real disappointment and real heartache. You get to a point where you never want to experience that again, and you will do everything that is right to correct those wrongs and um, it was an inner burning desire for me to to be able to give her those keys and and to understand that you know to go without to help others brings you greater joy than to see others go through pain and you to receive and that you know I think that was I needed I needed that burning desire that fuel that ability to let go of ego and arrogance for me to truly strive to be a great human being you know i i talk all around the world now and it's to obviously many corporates and my job is to not go into an organization and try and make them better leaders better employees better employers make them more profitable make them more money make them better athletes whatever that's not my job my job is to make them a better father a better mother a better friend a better son a a better daughter just just a better human being and i think because of the pain and because of the sacrifice it molded me into the person that i needed to become and you know that that day was was such a was such a phenomenal day and you know what the the 450 odd dollars that comes out of my account each week to pay for that house still that sucks big time but but i got to tell you the smile on her face the joy in her eyes the tone of voice that i hear when i Makes it all wow. Makes it all worthwhile. That is so powerful, and I think the the most amazingly powerful thing that you just said. Then you're not trying to get people to be get it to be better at what they do. You want people to be better at who they are, Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, who they are is that journey, that process. What they do is a result and an outcome of who they are and living Mm -hmm. up to their full capacity. That's amazing. And I and I think in the in the world we live, you know, it's it's so yep. easy to stay positive when things are great. Easy. 
But you know, I think true greatness comes from staying positive when things wow. when things are as dark as they've been. When when you've experienced the real lows of lows, and and I think that sometimes we need to hit rock bottom to to help us shift our mindset and give us greater perspective on what's what's truly important in life. You know, the worth of all human life comes not in what we do or who we know, but by who we are. And I think that if we can strive to get out of bed every day and become the best version of ourselves, then then that's when we become truly authentic in the lives that we live. That's incredible. I absolutely love that. Well, Michael, you are someone who personifies, and I knew I had to get you as one of the first guests on the Achieve the Impossible <laughs> podcast because throughout your life, from a from a one-year-old child, when you're 11 months old, was it 11 months when you hugged that doctor? Yeah. Right through every diagnosis, every bit of bad news, you decided to have that perspective where, right, I'm going to fight. And whether that was your mum making that decision on your behalf, it still took you to, to really just find that strength and boldness and courage and determination within you to say, no, nah, I'm not going to give up. And I'm sure there are so many times we did. So me on behalf of the entire Achieve the Impossible community, thank you so much for staying true to yourself, staying true to your dream. And I read somewhere that, well, in the last wee while that you've spoken to literally hundreds of thousands of people and 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 been able to to impact their lives through you being obedient to your dream and your calling and generously giving um your life story and opening up you know parts of your life that I'm sure are you know still not easy to talk to. There's still times where you know you're tearing up, I'm getting emotional with it as well. And I just really want to thank you for just being obedient to your dream and and just looking to inspire other people and your actions have, have aligned with your beliefs in that. So thank you so much. I think you are someone, and I know you are someone, who personifies achieve the impossible, which is absolutely amazing. Just one um, final thought or a question. You've done so much in your life. You can look back and go, I've achieved so much. I've overcome so many adversities. I've bought my mum a house. I've, you know, my dream of, of speaking and giving to others. You've got the, your orphanages and you're doing so much with your charity. Um, you know, has there anything that, anything else that you have wanted to achieve or is there anything that, that seemed impossible? Um, what, what is there? What's, what's next? Yeah, it, it's funny because, one of the most important and one of the most challenging things for us is that we've been told all our lives due to my ongoing health challenges that we will never be able to have a child. And I think that, you know, that that is one of the greatest gifts that God can give anyone is to, to be able wow. to create an amazing little child. And, you know, I think that I have so much to give and so much love to provide. That was, you know, that was... That was the biggest thing that before I die, I, I, I just want to become a dad. And um, that was the one thing they said we would never be able to, to achieve. But fortunately enough, they weren't exactly correct. And um, in 2017, we announced to the world that we were, um, we were going to have a little baby. And he was, we were due to have... Um, we were due to have a little baby on the um, on the eighteenth of February, two thousand eighteen, and I can't explain to you the joy and the happiness that was in our hearts. And 
But um, as as you know, and as many people know, life doesn't always uh, doesn't always go according to plan. And um, so yeah, we were due to have a baby the um, middle of February two thousand and eighteen, and um, on the eighth of December two thousand and seventeen, um, my wife had a lot of back pain. We were taken to Coffs Harbour Hospital and. Then uh, they told us that she was two centimetres dilated. She was only 30 weeks pregnant and um, we were airlifted to Sydney Hospital where they pumped her full of drugs and um, uh, four days later we, um, we had a beautiful little boy named, um, <laughs> named Lachlan James. He was, uh, he was very early. He was, he was very unwell. He... Um, he was 10 weeks early, weighed 2.8 pound, and um, he was taken away from us. He was put in a bag and, and um, taken to intensive care unit level three where we, where we weren't allowed to touch him. Um, I just remember my wife wanting to hold him so badly. And then um, he started to get stronger and stronger, and we were so excited that we thought everything was going to be okay. And then they said, uh, we're going to airlift you and the baby back to Coffs Harbour Hospital and we were so excited and then um, on the way back from Sydney to Coffs Harbour on the plane um, he had some breathing issues and then we landed and they did all these tests and um, they told us that they think he has an illness called sepsis which is a um, which is a blood disease and they told us that we had four days with our little boy um, so we had to uh, we had to prepare his funeral and and we um, we got ready to say goodbye and he was airlifted back to Sydney Hospital and about three days later I remember walking into the room and we were allowed to hold him and I remember my wife was holding him looking at him and he looked up at Mel and um, he just gave us the biggest smile and I just I just knew that. I just knew that everything was going to be okay and he got stronger and stronger and stronger and every day the doctors couldn't believe it and we prayed harder and harder and harder until eventually um, eventually we, we finally got a chance to take our beautiful little boy home and now he's, uh, now he's 14, nearly 15 months old and he's healthy and he's happy and, you know, he, uh, he shits more than we could imagine <laughs> and he, uh, he eats more than we could imagine but... I'm going to tell you, we um, we love him more than we could ever imagine, and we are just so blessed to to be able to have this little sweet miracle in our life. And and uh, you know, I finally got a chance for the first time in my life to walk just a few months in my mum's shoes, and you know, I, I I am so 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 fortunate and so blessed. And you know, someone said to me the other day, "Geez, Michael, you've been dealt with some really crap cards," and 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 I think to myself, whilst everyone being dealt cards, that means I'm still in the game. And whilst everyone's still in the game, it's about how I choose to play those cards that allows me to live a great life. And and I think a you know a really strong message for everybody listening is don't spend your entire life comparing your cards to others. Don't be disappointed that other people have been given better cards than you have, because regardless of how great the cards are, it's how you choose to play those cards that will determine whether you win at life or not. And I really, I refuse to die and unlive life. You know, I, I want to make sure that my tank is completely on empty when I'm done. And I think that the quality of one's life is not dictated, nor is it determined by the amount of days that we live on this earth. It's about what we fit into those days that allows us to live a great life. So 
I challenge everyone listening to to get out there and and live your life fully and passionately and authentically and and believe in yourself and realize that truly anything is possible. That's incredible, Michael. Thank you so so much. It is not about the cards you dealt, it's about how you play them and we cannot spend a life comparing with other people's cards. Dude, that is so so powerful. Thank you so much. Right couple of takeaway points you have inspired for the last 40 minutes. Oh, 40. Yes, exactly. 40 minutes on the dot. Um, so, so many people out there. And I know this episode, this podcast will will inspire people and, and give life to to dreams that, that were dying, were dormant. And to give people hope, like you say, it's the most powerful word in the English dictionary behind love. To give hope that there is a brighter future, that despite current circumstances, there is a better tomorrow. And that is absolutely amazing. So so everyone go out, get Michael's book, Kids Don't Get Cancer. And like, like you said, 100% of those um, proceeds for that go go to your charity, which is absolutely incredible. Um, Kids Don't Get Cancer. And, and how can people find out a little bit more about you or get in contact with you? Any socials or website you want to share? Absolutely. I'm on all social media, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, whatever else that you might be on. And um, if you buy the book from my website, michaelcrossland.com, that's where all the, all the proceeds, all the profits go directly to, uh, to charity. So uh, it's been great being on your show, Pete. And thanks so much for your love and support. Bless you, brother. That's brilliant. Thank you so much. Again, michaelcrossland.com for the book. That ensures all the uh, proceeds go to charity. Michael, thank you so, so much. You live a life that achieves the impossible. Wow, what a phenomenal story. It's Pete here again, obviously just you and I chatting now, which is um, which is great. I really want these podcasts to be conversational, to be relevant, not to have any hoo-ha. I'm not sure just yet whether I'm going to do any opening music or closing music to make it sound professional like every other podcast on the planet. But I thought, hey, as genuine, as organic as we can get, the better it is. And because of that, I now ask you very, very kindly with a sincere heart to leave a rating. Five stars would be amazing. And a review and share this uh, through Instagram, especially and tag me, Peter J. Bone, um, and achieve the impossible. I'll share as many as I can. Not all of them guaranteed, but I'll try and do my very best. It means the absolute world to me that I have your support. So thank you very much. Until next time, achieve your impossible. Yeah. Just thought I'd add that bit in for you. Have a good one.